burnt and do not have love, it profiteth me nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It is not jealous. Love does not brag and is not arrogant. Does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Does not take into account a wrong suffered. Does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. We'll stop our reading there. This morning we come to take up the ninth description that the Apostle Paul gives us of genuine agape love. What it looks like. And with this description, there, there are no nouns. It is all verbs. It is telling us what the action is where there is genuine love. And so this ninth one is love does not take into account a wrong suffered. Genuine loves, genuine love remembers, let's put it this way, genuine love does not remember wrongs experienced. Genuine love does not remember wrongs experienced. There's a woman by the name of Clara Barton, a woman known in history as a nurse who gave herself selfishly for the good of those she cared for. She was the founder of the Red Cross. She devoted her life to helping others, and a story is told that on one occasion, she was preparing to help an individual when a friend interrupted her, saying, Claire, you're not going to help that person, are you? Do you not remember what they did to hurt you? To which she replied, No, I distinctly remember forgetting it. I distinctly remember forgetting it. Now that's agape love. It does not take into account wrongs suffered. Love responds to wrongs experienced from others without a resentful or an unforgiving spirit. Let me say that again. Love responds to the wrongs experienced by others without resentful and an unforgiving spirit. How do we respond when we've been wronged? 
I mean, so far, the Apostle Paul, in describing this love, speaks of it as our responsibility towards others. We, we, we ought not to be impatient with them. We ought not to be unkind towards them. We ought not to be angry with them. But now he speaks about, what about those occasions when you have been wronged and how you respond? Now, as we come to open up this ninth trait or action, we, we will do so under three fairly simple headings. First of all, I want to give you a clarification. A clarification. That will be followed by an explanation. And then finally, we'll get to some applications. All right, so let's begin by looking at briefly a, a clarification. If you have the King James Bible, it reads something like this. Love thinketh no evil. The New King James Bible we interprets it the same way. Thinks no evil. The English Standard Bible says not irritated or resentful. Another translation says does not keep a record of wrong. And therefore, there are some who have interpreted this as love does not think evil of others. Love does not think evil thoughts or unkind thoughts about others. Some good and godly men have interpreted it that way. Barnes, in his commentary, says this, that is, put the best possible construction on the motives and conduct of others. He goes on to say, it means that love is not malicious, censorious, disposed to find fault, impute improper motives to others. Even Jonathan Edwards, as I quoted last week in his book, Charity and Its Fruits, writes that we interpret this love is not censorious. It's not hypercritical. It, it's not judgmental towards others. Martin Luther says this. It means love is not suspicious. It puts the best construction on everything and takes all in good faith. Those are pretty heavyweights. And I, I'm sort of gun-shy when it comes to say, I, I don't think that's quite correct. But I've got some good men on my side too. It is right that, that love... Love thinks the best of others. That, that agape love is not judgmental. It, it doesn't question somebody's motives. Genuine love is not suspicious uh, of somebody's behavior or motives that, 
that you may not understand. That, that's, all, that's all true. In fact, there, there's one point in the Word of God when Jesus looks at the Pharisees and even questions them. Why do you think evil of me in your hearts? Well, Jesus, uh, he had the ability to know what a man thinks and knows a man's heart and says, you, you men think evil of me in your heart. I mean, you haven't said it out loud, but it's obviously you don't love me. And I believe that characteristic does come into bearing by the Apostle Paul here in this passage as he speaks about the reality that that love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. I believe that's when he hits that note. But here I believe the Apostle Paul when he says, as the New American Standard translates it, and I believe rightly so, does not take into account a wrong suffered. I believe Paul's stating here, love does not keep a record of wrongs. Or love is not revengeful. Love is not unforgiving. Charles Hodges in his commentary says, It does not lay the evil which it suffered to the charge of the wrongdoer. Instead of being resentful, it is forgiving. One has said, the Apostle's concern here is not evil we are thinking about doing to others, but rather he's thinking about evil that is done to us. I mean, real offenses, painful offenses, that your response is not one of getting even, it's not one of causing pain to them. Now, let me illustrate it this way for you children. Children, what happens when maybe brother or sister does something to you that hurts you? What's your first response? Well, with most children, it's, I'm going to get even. And so, brother hits you. You hit them. Mommy sees you hit them. And she says, what are you doing and what do you say? He hit me first. That's a vengeful attitude. That ought not to be. Yeah, but, he, but he did it first. Yeah, I know he did it first. And he was wrong too. But as the old saying goes, two wrongs don't make a right. So the question is, how, how do we respond when someone does something to us that's offensive? Perhaps they've disappointed you. Maybe in some way or another they've slandered you. 
It's hurt. It's, it's a real pain. Real suffering. How do we respond? So just by way of clarification, Paul is telling the believers in Corinth that love is quick to forgive. It does not keep a grudge or pursue revenge upon those who have done us wrong. It does not keep a record of wrongs done. So that's what Paul's telling us here. But now, secondly, notice with me an explanation. How did we come to that conclusion? How did we come to that? Well, again, the wording is such that it is quite clear that what Paul is saying is this. We will not keep a ledger of wrongs done to us and refuse to forgive and seek revenge against the one who has done it. I mean, just, just consider what Paul has said up to this, up to this point. Lo- love is patient. H- have you ever had anybody become impatient with you? Maybe maybe a, a spouse, and in the midst of that impatient, they say things that are hurtful. Love is kind. Have you ever had anybody be unkind to you? Love is not arrogant or pride or proud. Did ever have someone come up and say, you know, you're in the midst of I mean you're in the midst of a project. You're doing it very well. You think all is well and someone comes up and says, Well you know if I was doing it oh, 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 I would do it this way. And 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 my, and my natural instinct is I don't believe you're doing it. Which isn't a good response, but that's the natural response. Love does not seek its own. I I, ever hear somebody say something like, well, you know, I just... I don't think that's good. For me, it would be better if we would, whatever the case might be. Not considering anybody else. Love does not get angry. Have you ever had anybody get angry with you? If you haven't, be in the ministry a little bit. No. <laughs> Love does not get angry. You see, we're we're all prone not only to get hurt by others, but, but which one of us have not hurt other people with what we say, 
And, and maybe it, it wasn't the intent to hurt anybody. It was something you said, and, it, and, and the person who heard it heard it differently than you meant to say it, and, and they took it that you really meant this, and, and now you, they're upset with you. And so the Apostle Paul uses a term here, logizomai. And in using that term, he, he, he reminds us of, or he gives us an illustration that's helpful. And it's the person who's a, a bookkeeper or an accountant. And they have this ledger. Now, for those of us who are old... A ledger used to be something that you took a book out and you set it down and you wrote down it. Now I know it's all done on computers. But in this ledger, you would keep track of who you owed. I mean, I sort of do that now. I have a budget. And in my budget, I know there are certain people throughout this month who I owe. And so I have it written down. You know, consumer's energy I owe. Xfinity I owe. There's a mortgage company I owe. And I'm one of these guys that, that just keeps track of who I owe. And especially if I'm paying off something, because I, I still do it in a book. I do. Because I love to get to the point where if it's a car or I'm waiting for the day it's the house, that in that ledger I can say, paid in full. Well, the Apostle Paul uses that same type language and he's, he's warning the church at Corinth, don't keep a ledger of people that naturally speaking you think, I owe them. And we're not talking cash. I want to hurt them like they've hurt me. I want them to be as miserable as they've made me. I want them to feel as bad as they've made me feel. And you keep a ledger of that. And in one way or another, you want to see them get paid back. And so that may look like various things. One of, the, one of the things I see a lot of times is when, when one spouse hurts another spouse, they say, okay, payday. You know what payday looks like? I'm not going to speak to you. I, I'm going to give you that old silent treatment. Because I want you to be as miserable as you have made me. But the Apostle Paul says, don't do that. Have a forgiving spirit. Have a forgiving spirit. And that's not easily done. Brian Borgman, in, or Pastor Borgman, in his book on feelings and faith, I think it's called something like that, has a chapter on unforgiveness and bitterness. And he writes these words, Forgiveness is tough. Anyone who has not wrestled with forgiveness 
is not conscious. <laughs> Anyone who's not wrestled with forgiveness is not conscious. Real injuries, real injustices, real hurts and pain, real sin, real wrongs happen. And they happen all the time. Forgiveness is an ever-present issue as long as we live with people. You're going to need to forgive. The failure to deal, the failure to deal with forgiveness produces bitterness, which is, a, which is a spiritually environmental hazard to everyone around. Hebrews 12 verse 15 warns us of the wreckage. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God and that no root of bitterness springs up and trouble and causes trouble. It's tough to forgive. Because we're not it's not a it is a real hurt. A real injustice that we deal with. But Paul tells us that agape love does not take into account wrong suffers. Love does not calculate, count, or post to an account for wrongs that have been suffered. Don't be like that. Have a forgiving spirit. Don't bring up old hurts. Don't give the silent treatment. Don't seek revenge. Don't do that. This term, logizomai, is a term that's used many times, and, and we won't take time to turn there now, but it, it's a term that's used often in Romans chapter 4. In Romans chapter 4, it's been called the Logizomai chapter. And he talks about accounting righteousness to people. In, in verse 8 of Romans 4, Blessed is the man whose sins the Lord will not take into account. Quoting Psalm 32. Blessed is the man who, who, who God doesn't keep a ledger of your wrongdoing, but has forgiven you of your sins. And you see, that, that's the foundation of us forgiving others. When we stop and consider how much we've been forgiven, especially by Almighty God, it, it ought not to be a hard thing for, for us to forgive others. God is a forgiving God. Psalm 130, verses 3 and 4. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquity, O Lord, who could stand? But there is forgiveness with you that you might be feared. In the New Covenant, there in Jeremiah chapter 31, and then the writer of Hebrews repeats it. He talks about the elements that make up the new covenant. And one of the elements that is part of the new covenant is this. He'll remember our sins no more. 
And again, as we mentioned at the beginning in the preparation of the heart, what a wonderful thing. You see, I can, if, you, if you harm me, I can look at you and say, I forgive you. But I don't have the ability necessarily just to never remember it again. When I, when I see you again, I, 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 there may be a forgiveness in my heart, and I truly forgive you, but it doesn't mean I never think about that. Right? I mean, that's part of being a human, I think. If you've got the ability not to remember, please let me know your secret. But God says, not only will I forgive your sins, I'll remember them no more. And and if we've been forgiven so much, within our homes, within our churches, even within our communities, that there should be within us a spirit of forgiveness. Now, I can't say everything that needs to be said about forgiveness. What I can say is this. Back in 2021, I did a series, I think it was a four-part four part, four part series on forgiveness. And they're on sermon audio. I don't usually recommend my own sermons, but I, I just there's so much you need to say when it comes to this topic of forgiveness. I think it was Pastor Borgman that said he could speak on forgiveness for the whole year and still keep the people's attention because there's so much in, involved in the spirit of forgiveness. So I would just make mention that as well. But, but what the Apostle Paul is here telling us is this, be a people who forgive. Don't seek revenge. And you know what? You find that over and over again in Scripture. There's so much scriptural support for this reality. I mean, apparently, we realize what we are by nature. By nature, I want revenge. I I want to get even. I want you to be miserable if you've made me miserable. If you've hurt me or you hurt my family, I'm ready to go. But that not, I, I need to have a spirit of forgiveness. In, in the church, isn't it sad that of all places in the church, there are people who haven't spoken to one another in years because, you know, back in 1982, you know, he said something to me and, and, and we've just been at odds with each other ever since. And, and they haven't spoken to each other. I think there are two places where, where this needs, we need to exercise it all over, but in the family and in the church, this certainly should be visible. That we have that love for one another. And so what do we do? We read in Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 and 15. For if you forgive others for their transgressions, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, then your Heavenly Father will not forgive your transgressions. Think about that. Look over to to, to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. Starting in verse 1. 
This is Jesus said to his disciples, it is inevitable that stumbling blocks will come. I love that. I mean, it's going to happen. It's not if you get offended. It's when someone will offend you. It's not if you will experience injustices. It's when you'll experience injustices. He says, it's inevitable that stumbling blocks come, but woe to him through whom they come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea than that he would cause one of these little ones to stumble. But be on your guard. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. You have a spirit of forgiveness. Look over to a familiar passage. Matthew, I just wanted to give you these for just biblical support to this whole idea. Matthew 18. Matthew 18. Starting in verse 21. And I won't take time to expound it. I, I, just, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. But verse 21, Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him up to seven times? I mean, you get Peter's there. Hey, I'm willing to go seven times, huh? Pretty impressive, isn't it? And our Lord says what? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. And may I say this, this is not a mathematical problem. Our Lord doesn't say this so you can see how good you are in math. He says this because He says, just forgive. Always be willing to forgive. And He goes on. I said I wasn't going to expound it, but here I am stopping. All right, verse 23. For this reason the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to set to settle accounts with his slaves. And when he had begun to settle them, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. Now, 10,000 talents would be a, an astronomical price. You're never going to pay it back. But since he did not have the means to repay, his Lord commanded him to be sold along with his wife and children and all that he had and a repayment to be made. So the slave fell to the ground, prostrated himself before him, saying, Have patience with me and I will repay every cent. And the Lord, and the Lord of that slave felt compassion and released him and forgave him his debt. Just forgave the debt. Verse 28, scene 2. But the slave went out and found one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii. It's about a hundred days to work off. And he seized him and began to choke him, saying, Pay back what you owe. And his fellow slave fell to the ground and began to plead with him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will repay you. 
But he was unwilling and went and threw him into prison until he should pay back what was owed. And so when his fellow slaves saw that, what had happened, they were deeply grieved and came and reported to their Lord all that had happened. Then summonsing him, his Lord said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not also have mercy on your fellow slave in the same way that I had mercy upon you? And his Lord was moved with anger and handed him over to the torturers until he should repay all that he owed. I mean, the lessons there is clear, right? Here's a man that's been forgiven an astronomical debt, a debt that he could never, ever pay. He's forgiven. And then he goes off and finds a fellow slave who owes him a hundred denarii. That could be paid off in a matter of time. It's not not insurmountable. But the the one who's been forgiven much looks at him and says, I want it now. And if you don't give it to me now, I'm going to throw you in prison. And throws him in prison, has no compassion on him. And the Lord comes along and says, what are you doing? You've been forgiven so much. And yet you can't forgive? Your fellow slave? And he sends him over to the torturers. Understand what's saying? Every one of us who are the children of God have been forgiven so, so much. And yet we go around with an unforgiving spirit at times. And you step back and you say, man, that, that we would say in our day, that, that's nuts. Really? And yet how many times have we done that? Genuine love endures the wrong experienced from the hands of others without a resentful or an unforgiving spirit. Ephesians Ephesians 4 and verse 32. Be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, what's next? Forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. Has forgiven you. Love is forgiving. And dear people, if we're going to have good relationships with others, we need to have a forgiving spirit. I really believe if you ever hope to have a long-term relationship with anybody, you've got to have a forgiving spirit because it's inevitable. Hurts will come. So that's the explanation. But then finally, notice with me a few or some applications. Let me begin by stating this. 
such a demeanor, such a disposition is not found naturally in a man's heart. It's not. It's a supernatural thing. It's to be found outside ourselves. I don't know about you, but with my children and with my grandchildren, I never sat down with any of them and said to them, now you know what happens? If your brother does something to you that hurts you, you make sure you get even with them. Never had to instruct them in that. It was just natural. That's why we hear. But he did it first. That's how we are by nature. But when any of us, by God's grace, know God forgives us of our sins through His Son, Jesus Christ, the grace of God takes that which is natural and changes it. The the grace of God teaches us to say no to ungodliness. It's it's the grace of God that, that, that helps us by the work of His Spirit to respond, though we may have to confess not always correctly, but we, we want to respond correctly, and when we don't, we want to seek their forgiveness. And, and what change? What's, what's the difference? It, it's only what God has done in our lives by His grace, causing the old man to pass away and all things to become new in Christ. So maybe you're here this morning and, and, and you're, you're filled with bitterness. And and you want revenge. And and there's not a day goes by that you don't think about that person who hurt you. And and I'm I'm not denying it was a real hurt. It was painful. And you're saying, I I don't know any other way to deal with this. I want them as miserable as me. And I said, my friends, I got good news. There is a way to deal with it. But it's only by coming by faith to Christ. Trusting in Him. Recognizing no matter what He's done to me, I've done far worse to Him. And if He can forgive me, I can forgive Him. And I can trust God to do what's right and good and leave it in His hands. I mean, think about it. At the end of the day, an unforgiving spirit is unbelief. You really don't believe God can take care of this. And a forgiving spirit is a matter of faith. But secondly, let me say this by way of application, especially to those of us who are the children of God. Don't lose sight of the fact that an unforgiving and revengeful spirit is sin. It's sin. 
take the warnings of God seriously. We read, we read Matthew 18, but we didn't finish the chapter. In verse 34, we read, His Lord, moved with anger, handed him over to the torturers until he should repay all that he owed. And then he ends with this. My heavenly Father will also do the same to you if each of you does not forgive his brother from the heart. That's a sober warning. As that Lord turned over that slave to the torturers, Christ says the Heavenly Father will do the same if you do not forgive. It is sin. And we need to confess it is sin. Acknowledge it is sin. And ask God to help us to respond correctly. The third application is this. A spirit of unforgiveness is a display that one has never come to reality of their offense towards God. If, if, if you have an unforgiving spirit, it displays that, that you've never come to the reality of how much you've offended the Holy God. I mean, Christ is on the cross and He cries out, My Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I mean, if anybody had a right to declare, this is unjust, this is not right, these men are wicked, I want to hurt them. If any man had a right to tell his disciples, now's the time to call fire down from heaven... It was then. But what does Christ do? He says, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. We need to have a real glimpse of how much we've been forgiven so that we can forgive others. And the final application is this. At the end of the day, we need to work on self-forgetfulness. Self-forgetfulness. Those who engage in self-love and self-interest and self-focus are the ones that will keep a ledger of wrongs that have been done to them. And we need to deny ourselves. What, what is my purpose here on earth? It's to enjoy God, to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. I want to glorify God. Is God glorified when you walk around with bitterness and anger and a revengeful and an unforgiving spirit? Is God glorified? Well, I think you know the answer, right? And then you're not fulfilling the purpose God's placed us here to do. To glorify Him. And so here we see, love responds to wrongs experienced from others without a resentful or an unforgiving spirit. So may God help us. This is not easy. 
Believe me, I know this is not easy. But we have a, a Father who will not withhold good gifts from us. We have a Spirit that we can look to for help. And so may, by God's grace, we be a people whose love is marked by a spirit of forgiveness. Let's pray. Father, again, thank You for Your Word. And we pray that maybe there's some here this morning who such forgiveness seems so foreign because they've never known God through Your Son, Jesus Christ. And how we pray that even as we've looked at these things this morning, that You would open their eyes and that You would cause them to see the wonder of knowing forgiveness from God Almighty. To have our sins removed. And Father, how we pray that today would be a day of salvation for some as they contemplate that reality. And then Father, perhaps some of us who profess to be the children of God know there's some bitterness, some hard feelings. And Father, we pray that we would recognize our responsibility to live with a spirit of forgiveness. And that, Father, we would turn some things over to You, believing that You will do all things well and You'll make everything right by and by. And so, Father, we pray that our time together has not just been a time in which we filled our minds with some theological terms and ideas, but, Father, it will have an effect upon how we live in our homes, in our workplaces, how we live in the church, how we live in our communities, that others may see You as they watch us, that we would be a people to live as Christ. Help us, we pray, as we ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. In closing, take your hymns of grace, hymns of grace, and turn to 397. 397, I plead for grace. 397, hymns of grace. Let's stand together as we sing.
Um, one announcement I failed to make, and that is the new directory is on the back table. 